0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in sickle What's going on? Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast coming at you. Another episode, another week, a special week. Football season has kicked off. It's Among Us NFL. Went down last night in Philadelphia. Good show coming at you. We got some... Big, big Cowboys Dallas Cowboys talk happening later. Excited to talk about that. First thing I want to get to, though, is last night's game, right? Falcons-Eagles. Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were there bringing, bringing us the action. Really good stuff. A couple of observations that are bothering me today. One, the catch rule, okay? They adjust the rule again. They change it. It's supposed to make more sense. Supposed to look, if it looks like a catch, it's supposed to be a catch. Did they fix it? Des Bryant is still in the back of my mind, 2014. What would have happened if the Cowboys won that game? So early on, it looks like, okay, they fixed the catch rule. Zach Ertz gets one real close to the ground, but it's under his hands. Does he maintain control? I don't know. Because, you know, it's hard to determine whether it's a catch or whether it's not from the previous three, four years. In the previous three or four years, Zach Ertz's catch last night—no, it wouldn't have been a catch. They go to review. Hey, it's a catch. But this is what's bothering me, because I, after the Ertz play, I thought they figured it out. I thought they figured it out. I thought it was adjusted. Okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna look at the rule like that. But if you saw the Julio Jones play, you know what I'm talking about. It was just a complete contradiction. Go look at the play. 50, 50 yards down the field julio makes a big athletic play turns around brings it to his chest falling his body is all the way inbounds laying down flat slides out of bounds oh well you know this is a, for sure a catch we saw the Earth's one. we know the new rule go to review and they say no sir no sir not a catch when are we gonna figure this thing out when are we gonna figure this thing out it's got a gotta find some consistency I know it's human nature I know these refs are people too but the consistency needs to get better how about the Falcons red zone struggles man isn't that just perplexing they don't go to Julio once they don't go to Julio once that first drive of the game your best player they they went to him every other play Matt Ryan was literally looking at one receiver the whole night last night and it was Julio he had a great night no touchdowns, though. Couldn't finish it in the red zone. The game ended the exact same way the Falcons-Eagles matchup ended in last year's divisional playoff. With the Falcons having the ball, the Falcons having a chance to win, marching all the way into the red zone, and then stalling out. I mean, they said what they said all off season, and you heard these guys on TV talking about it. We need to work on our red zone offense. We need to work on our red zone offense. Still not there. If you're a Falcons fan, you have plenty of reason to panic. Plenty of reason to panic, man, because that that's an issue that should have been fixed. It looks like it might have gotten worse. It really does. But football's back, man. It feels good. Feels really good. Uh, I'm heading down to Roscoe, Texas. I'm broadcasting a a high school game tonight. Going to be going to be color commentating with my buddy Tucker Brown, who's joined the show before. Excited to do that. And then Saturday, heading over to the Jones, Texas Tech taking on Lamar. It'll be fun to watch. And then on Sunday, guys, Sunday is one of the best days of the year. The NFL just all over the place. Games everywhere. I'll definitely get on that NFL red zone. Follow everything very closely up until 325, and then it'll be Dallas Cowboys time. It will be Dallas Cowboys time taking on the Carolina Panthers. Don't know what's gonna happen there, but excited to see what does and that's what this show's about not the Panthers game not not just specifically that game, but this this whole season for the Dallas Cowboys. What is this team going to look like? How are they going to do? Are they injured where are these injuries? Are they going to cost them? Dak in his third year, Zeke in his third year. We're going to talk about everything. And I'm bringing in a guy who knows probably more about the Dallas Cowboys and is as in touch with everything that's going on uh, with the Cowboys more than anybody I know. So I'm, I'm going to give Matthew Clark a call. He's going to join the show. And uh, if you know Matthew Clark, you know he's a Cowboys fan. Uh, he's family to me, known him for a long time. He was a minister in Grants, New Mexico recently moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico, doing really good things over there, Uh, and and he's just a, he's a Cowboys diehard, so we're going to get him on the phone, Uh, I'm going to call Matt, and I'll be right back, and now joining Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast, happy to welcome onto the show, Mr. Matthew Clark, hey Matt, this is long overdue, man,
1: what's up, Silverback,
0: what's going on, man, Uh, I'm happy to have you on,
1: yeah, good to be on,
0: so, so the first thing I want to get into, and you know, we're talking about the Cowboys today. It's that season. It's where we're at. Something. Yeah. Uh, it's something you and I have actually, you know, part partaking in together a lot. Watching watching the Cowboys growing up in in Grants, New Mexico. So this this is no this yeah, is no this is no foreign conversation for you and I. But but we get to share it uh, with with the rest of the community today. So for, the first thing I want to talk about is this. Okay, last. Last Christmas Eve it was, the Dallas Cowboys played the Seattle Seahawks. And our kicker, Dan Bailey, he actually went four for six on field goal attempts that, that day. However, on two of those makes, on two of those makes, he banged them in off the uprights. And, and so you could argue that he was, he was very close to going two for six on that day. And on this day I went back and looked i actually- i actually tweeted i said i said this I said Dan Bailey is never going to be the same i I suspect he only has two or three years left in Dallas before they part ways now the the depart came a little bit quicker than I expected it to uh just to unpack this for us what what's all going on with this Dan Bailey situation and what's your take on it
1: man well if if you would have told me that at the end of last year, Dan Bailey, not only would he not be on the Cowboys roster, but he wouldn't be on any roster in the NFL, I would have said, "Man, that's that's a little bit extreme." but sounds like uh, sounds like the Cowboys need to sign you up as GM, buddy, because you called it. Um, you know, there were just there were just issues that maybe we couldn't have seen. I mean, didn't even, didn't seem like preseason was. Was any kind of competition at all is that what you felt like yeah I,
0: it, because we weren't thinking about it though right i mean it just wasn't yeah I yeah mean,
1: not 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 a question in my mind i mean okay we got this guy brett however you say his name marion and 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 he's you know he's taken all over all the kicking duties i mean he even punted too and and like oh, this would just be one of those training camp things where you bring in a guy fresh leg and and don't really – you're not trying to wear out your real kicker for the season. And then, man, one of the surprises on cut day, Dan Bailey gone. Uh, but, I, you know, I just – with that back and, and the growing issues, um, I wonder if they just saw saw some things. Jason Garrett mentioned um, mental stuff, like he didn't know if he could mentally come back from this um, from last year. And so wonder if that played more into it. I mean, obviously there was a salary cap – um, ramification to it, so they saved about three million dollars, uh, which they didn't really need uh, to do that. Uh, so, so looking at all of that, it was, and it was a shock um, to think that, you know, think that going into this year, going into the first week of football, that Dan Bailey would not be on an NFL roster, that Des Bryant would not be on an NFL roster. I'm not trying to jump the gun here or anything, but that was, you know, you say that to me last year. Yeah, they may not be on the team, but not on a roster.
0: That's crazy to me. Yeah, how, how much? How much does this have to with with Bailey, Matt? How much does this have to do with his his distance? Right? How strong his leg is? I I read an article the day that the day that he got cut. Um, you know, it looked at like his last fifteen or so kicks from, uh, I believe it was forty seven or or further. Not not the strongest percentage, and, and then this Mar. And then our final preseason game goes ahead and uh, nails a 57 yarder. Was the distance yeah, Was the yeah. distance a strong concern for the Cowboys as well?
1: I mean, maybe. I mean, he's you know he's he's 30 years old now, and maybe that leg's getting tired, and maybe maybe it's not so much the leg, but you know the back and the groin all connected um, with that, and just structurally not being able to kick like he once did. I just man I, I did, could not have seen that coming um, even though last year when we finished the year, it was like, "Ooh, man, he's going to need some work in the offseason, but you know uh, Brett Maher, I mean he what he kicks his one miss in the preseason was like 52 I think, and so then he goes and bangs that 57 yarder at the at the end of the preseason. I think that was just you know some of that his body of work. Um, from that, even though he hadn't kicked an NFL field goal yet, was was enough for them to pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, and, and imagine the pressure that's going to be on Mar now. <laughs>
1: I mean, <laughs> no that, that's not
0: no that's not going to be fun, man. I, I hope the best, <laughs> obviously, for him. But when, yeah,
1: I mean. Think about You think about uh, going into the end of halftime or, or having to have like a, you know, 47, 48 yarder to win the game at the
0: end of the game, man, <sighs> good luck. Yeah, I mean, Bailey, for the better part of however many years, just did not miss those. It was just a, it was just a, yeah. right. it was just a bet that he was going to make it. <laughs> yeah. And that you can't yeah. really look at any other kicker around the league and, and suggest something like that, so... All the best to no, this guy, man. Fingers crossed.
1: I know, man. I mean, all those times we were watching games at your house and and Bailey steps up there, we just, if he missed, it was a shot to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, we just didn't expect anything. And then for a kicker, I mean, good grief. What else can you want? Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Transitioning now away from the kid game a little bit, Matt, let's, let's go to what, for the better part, uh, four or five years, has been the best unit on the Dallas Cowboys, and that's the offensive line. And, and you know, everything everything was confident moving in from, you know, the offseason, the draft, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're here late July, August. Everything's getting super scary with our offensive line, Zach Martin getting banged up, and then obviously the super unfortunate Ooh. diagnosis for, for Travis Frederick. What, what's the condition right now of the O-line? Obviously, Frederick's out. But, but how is everyone else looking and, and how do you think they're going to perform uh, with, with looney stepping in there at center
1: hey you know it looks like looney's had a had a great camp of course he's been his club for I think this is his third year and just always a big locker room guy um, do, did you watch um, was it all or nothing the the uh, thing that Amazon yeah. did yeah terrific Cowboys last year uh-huh I did yeah so Got to see some really cool stuff with, with Joe Looney. Um, I'm excited to see him. I mean, the the thing for for Frederick I and mean, a that Guillain-Barre that they diagnosed him with, um, such an unfortunate um, thing. And, and you really just, you know, your prayers go out to him and to his his family. Um, sounds like they caught it early and that things are coming along good. Uh, but we have some, you know, we have some personal um, experience with that. One of our good friends. A couple of a couple of people I went to school with at LCU, uh, their dad went through this, um, was diagnosed with Guillain-Barré and actually had um, three different episodes of this, and it was um, it was a frightening thing. The, you know, lost, um, lost, was you know, kind of in the state of paralysis, um, couldn't move, had to have machines that breathes for him. He's was in ICU, and of course, that's a you know, this is a really extreme case of that, but uh, but it's it's um, you know it's a really significant thing. So I, I can I can understand why. Hey, you know, football aside, let's just let's just work on on getting you better. Uh, so that obviously shakes up things with the O line because now you've got Joe Looney, who was your kind of swing guard center on game day, having to step in to be the starting center. Um, then you got a rookie at left guard and Connor Williams. I think that was a great second round pick, but you know, he's still a rookie. Um and and then your you know, your tackles, you brought in a swing tackle because we saw what, what happened last year when when we weren't very were not very we very deep at that position and, and Dak Prescott's running for his ever loving life. Uh so now you bring in Cameron Fleming who you hope to you know hope nails down that spot but he didn't have the best off season or, or camp, and and then the, I don't know if you saw the last this, the the guy that they traded for uh, Parker Arringer I think from the Chiefs uh, yeah. this, this interior lineman uh, they just put him on IR because the first practice out he he uh, he tears up his knee and so they traded you know they traded one of their their cornerbacks uh, that they their undrafted cornerbacks Traverius Ward that they. They really liked him, and I think they really wanted to keep him on the team, so they traded him to the Chiefs for this guy, and this guy um, who doesn't even make it through one practice before he's on IR, so they had to bring back a guy they uh, cut, Kadeem Edwards. So that, that's probably my my concern with the O-line. Not so much those starting guys, even with rookie and even with Joe Looney at center, but what happens, you know, what happens if any of those guys can't play uh, for a game for an extended period of time because um, we saw how awful, that was last year
0: yeah i don't even want to bring up the atlanta game yeah (laughs)
1: yeah how
0: how confident are you in in tyron smith and zach martin's health right now i know zach got banged up in preseason
1: yeah uh yeah i'm more confident i think in zach martin than than i am tyron smith at this point because it just seems like every year you know, there's something, you know, something flaring up, something with the back, something going on that um, that, that keeps him from practicing, that keeps him from uh, from playing, and so, and he, I mean, good grief, that dude is a specimen, and um, easily, when healthy, I think the best left tackle in the league, and so when you don't, when you don't have him, or when things are a little iffy with him, and, and you've got him signed to this really long-term deal that um you know that that concerns me I, i'm i would love nothing else than to just see him get out there and, and play and string you know games together and and be just fine that would be that would be great for us for sure
0: matt for football fans that might not understand as well can you can you give a little bit perspective on on what all the center does um you know obviously snaps the ball and blocks. But and, and Frederick is is gifted as gifted as this at anybody. But the center actually does a lot pre play, does a lot of communication with the whole line and even with with Dak pre play. Could you could you give us a little bit of insight in what that looks like and and will there be a drop off uh, going going from someone who is so elite at that in Frederick to to Joe Looney?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I know um, all that goes on um, with the center and how that works, but. But they do have a lot of responsibility, uh, more so than anybody else on the line. I think making calls, making checks, um, getting you know getting pass pro um, set up and run blocking stuff uh, set up. You know, with, with whether the defensive line or the the front seven are in one formation or another, and, and so that was one of the things with. The, uh, there is going to be a drop off. I know everybody has, you know, from the Cowboys' perspective, has a lot of confidence. And, in Looney, but I think there's going to be a drop-off just because you know, everything you read about Frederick is, is just a student of the game, um, just really, really smart, really intelligent, and, uh, and just somebody that you know you don't have to worry about um, you know blowing assignments or anything like that um, on the line and then you know and then kind of uh, QB in that that front five there, um, getting things set up, uh, set up, uh, aligned, all that kind of stuff for for them um, so I think and I think it's going to be I hope not too much of a drop off um, but I think I wonder if some some of the other guys are going to have to pick up some of that slack on uh, the communication um, area and, and what to do what they see that kind of
0: stuff we're, we're talking to Matt Clark on the Keegan Stewart sports podcast uh, so we covered the foundation there Matt we covered the guys up front Let, let's discuss now what this season is going to look like for us, as far as how we're going to effectively move the ball down the field. Obviously, we've got uh, an elite running back, a guy who's proven he can he can yeah. do it at the at the highest level. Uh, and but Dak Prescott, kind of a kind of a questionable uh, sophomore season. Not bad. People people I think uh, call yeah. it a lot worse than it actually was but but then we look across the board right jason Witten isn't there anymore uh des bryant is not there anymore so hey i'm i'm under the belief i don't know tell me if i'm wrong i'm under the belief that there's only a few ways that we're going to to be successful on offense and, and the main one the most pivotal one is we have to win uh, time of possession. We have to control the clock. It seems like that is the recipe with the way this team is built. That I believe that's how we went 13 and three in 16. But I believe we have to control the clock and win time of possession week in and week out. Uh, I mean, tell me your thoughts on that, and tell me tell me how you see this this offense operating this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to run the ball. Got to be able to move the chains. Um, I'm really I'm really excited to see. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited to see Greek, uh this year, but boy, man, it sounds like he's just been laser focused and and ready to get back out there with no distractions, not all this drama that was going on uh, last year, and um, and and really seeing what what he can do. I um, mean, you saw how that affected him last year. I mean, good grief! You look at the Broncos game with like ten carries for eight yards or something, and I know there wasn't there weren't many lanes to run through or whatever, but that's, that's something that we saw Zeke do in his rookie year on a fairly regular basis, uh, just, just create something out of just a small little scene, or, or something out of nothing. Um, and just last year, that didn't happen. So I think, you know, to, to uh, be effective for us in the way that we're built, um, you know, we're going to have to run the ball. We're going to have to run it um, efficiently. Um, we have to put ourselves in, in good kind of down-the-distance um, situations, and I think Dak Prescott's going to be better. Um, his third year rolling in with Linehan, Uh They've got this great relationship um, with offense coordinator Scott Linehan, and and so he's you know he's notorious for developing quarterbacks. I think I think he's just going to be better in year three. Um, and and last year you know had a lot of stuff going against them, and uh, but then you know then when your protection breaks down and. In the middle of all that and can't run the ball, well, man, that was that would have been tough for a lot of people, um, especially a second-year guy. And so I think I think being able to uh, to move without move the ball and without you know you lose Jason Witten, so um, I wonder if we'll see more uh, more four wide receiver kind of sets, and which I'm actually excited about. I, I wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna work out when you have you know when you got guys on the outside like. Hearns and Terrence Williams and throwing in the rookie Michael Gallup in there. But then on the inside, maybe you've got guys like Tavon Austin, newcomer uh, who's had a great camp. Cole Beasley has been solid. And um, just guys that uh, that are more polished and, and especially sounds like in route running. Um, and Dak Prescott knowing where they're going to be, uh, being confident um, in where they're going to be. And, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see I'm not excited about watching a game uh, without 82 on the field uh, because this will, be, this will be weird first time in 15 years that, that he hasn't trotted out there. Yeah. But, um, but I, I am excited to see what, um, uh, what that's going to because obviously it's your tight end position. you got four tight ends trying to do the work, I think, of one guy that you had in Jason Wooden who never came off the field. And so that's going to be different it's going to be different this year, but I think, you know, maybe there'll be some advantages to that. Uh, Maybe there'll be more space uh, for people to operate in. There's also going to be some disadvantages because, you know, you just can't replace a guy like, like Whitten. But, but I wonder, I wonder, um, I think the big questions are going to be uh, that I would have being the red zone. What happens down there? You know, if we can't just cram the ball in and run it in, what do we do? Um, So that would be a, that would be a question for me, but but I think, man, I, I feel like the Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball, um, move it uh, efficiently. Um, we'll see. We'll see this Sunday against Carolina. Great defense. Um, and uh, But I think I think they're going to be able to do it. I hope they are. Oh, that's, that's what I'm always pulling for anyway. Yeah.
0: And I, I tell you what, I don't think our red zone offense could be as bad as Atlanta's last night, though. Did you happen to see any of that?
1: <laughs> no, no kidding, man. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We could be a step above that and, uh, uh, you know, not have uh, two red zone turnovers and, you know, whatever. It was, yeah that
0: was bad yeah feeling feeling for them today Uh, of the new of the new group of wide receivers with Hearns and Gallup and and Tavon Austin uh, who do you who do you expect out of that group to to make the most impact who who do you expect to be a guy that we're we're saying his name a lot as the year goes on
1: yeah um, I think I think Hearns is going to be solid Uh, he may not wow us at the end of the year I think think he's going to be I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be dependable, which, which that'd be nice, huh, uh, as far as a wide receiver. Yeah, that'd be um, super nice. For, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not erratic. Uh, so I think he's going to be uh, solid, dependable. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see what I, – I, I don't feel like we've had um, this kind of speed and quickness out there in a while. Um, we haven't even mentioned Deontay Thompson, uh, who they picked up, and right. you know you, you pair him with uh, with Tavon Austin. You know those are some legitimately fast guys. Um, and Deontay Thompson he's not a he's not a small guy either. So Tavon Austin really fast, really quick. Uh, Deontay Thompson really fast. Um, Michael Gallup, I mean, he's shown ability to make plays down the field. I think he may be one that we're uh that we're looking at and saying, Wow, that was a that was a pleasant surprise picking him up in the third round. Um, instead of running after Calvin Ridley.
0: Yeah, who uh, by like... the way who, who by the way was invisible last night in Atlanta.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not crying about not picking him now, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 interested to see um, what these what these new guys bring? Uh, I know the you know I know the coordinators are really excited about having them, and uh, Tavon Austin just seems like you know, as far as camp goes, off season he's already stepped into this leadership role. They love his energy, they love his work ethic. Um, he's inspiring to the guys, and that's you know that's pretty cool to see from a newcomer. Um, and then and then Beasley, man, I think he's going to have a better year uh, this year and um especially uh, better than the one last year but i think he's going to have a he's going to have a good year and find more space uh, just cuz i think you know, maybe we can we can't um we can't do as much against them we got to play people more um man up or however and so Beasley is about winning those matchups and so i don't know i <laughs> You know, people say we don't have a true number one because we lost Dez, but, I mean, that wasn't anything what Dez was last year, uh, even though I really wanted him to be. I uh, wanted him to be uh, our number one rooted for him, wanted him to always do well, wanted to see that, that X flashed up a lot, uh, but he just wasn't. I mean, people didn't game plan for him, and, like, we we have to take Dez Bryant away. So, I mean, now we can just focus on him efficient. Um, and and I think that'll work out better for the offense. I think it'll work out better for Dak Prescott. Um, I think it'll just be good.
0: Yeah, that, that's good to hear, and that's reassuring. I mean, doing it by committee can can be effective more often than not. Uh, yeah, really, really good thoughts there, Matt. That that's reassuring to think about those kind of things with the, with the speed and just all these just all these new guys. Like, said, if we're if we're running the ball. Everything's going to open up. We, I mean, we saw that. Every, oh, yeah. Everything opened up for Dak as, as a rookie in, in the most basic, yeah. most vanilla offensive schemes. Everything was there. Yeah. It, I don't, it's, yeah. it's 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 going to open up if we can run the ball.
1: Yeah, and wh- one other thing about that, you know, we're talking about receivers, but I, I wonder how many catches Zeke's going to have this year. Yes, Because uh, I think yes. that he just blows out. That thirty-two, what he had like thirty-two catches last year. I think he blows that out of the water. I mean, obviously he'll be playing more games, but but I I wonder if they they really utilize him more as as a receiver this year and just. And and they've been
0: they've been hinting at it, correct? I've read a few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that's going to help out uh, a lot, and just and just keep opening up things for everybody.
0: So, yeah, super excited to see the offense on Sunday. Matt, transitioning to the other side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you this first. what What is okay. this what is this stuff floating around uh, in, in some of these columns this week about the Earl Thomas trade still being on the table? And, and is that still possibly something that could happen? Man, if you're oh,
1: – well, that was – to the Cowboys, I think. Uh, I think it's got to be a possibility. I mean, obviously, it was before you know all this stuff was coming up, and and Dallas wasn't willing to give up more than a third round pick for Earl Thomas before he finally showed back up with the Seahawks. The next thing I read is that Dallas had had up that offer to him, and we're offering actually offering a second round pick uh, to the Seahawks, which which they rejected, and um, and then here comes Earl Thomas showing up to. Uh, to the Seahawks facility, um, but right now, I mean, you're looking at I mean, you're looking at the depth chart, and, and boy, it doesn't. As far as safety goes, you got um, you got Jeff Heath who you who you were planning on playing more as a, a center field guy, I think, you know, kind of taking Byron Jones's place. Um, but he does, you know, he just does so much good, so many good things around the line too. So he's kind of interchangeable. So you had him at one spot. Um, but then Xavier Woods gets hurt he's not playing uh, this week and and now you know now who do you throw in back there Kayvon Frazier you hope he's healthy to play Uh, but you definitely don't want him as a center field type guy Um, and then then you've got their uh, their rookie uh, what's his name Um, anyway their rookie their rookie safety that uh, oh Tyree Robinson that's his name um I mean, are you excited about him? I and mean, then you just signed this guy from Houston, uh, Campbell, Ibrahim Campbell, I think. And and so, boy, from, from that perspective, uh, that looks that looks like I, I mean, you'd be fielding calls to the Seahawks and trying to get the best safety. I mean, I'd give up a second round pick for the best safety in football. Um, that'd be fine. And then give him a contract. I mean, maybe if that's a hold up, you know, sign up you just, you just created all of this space, which was kind of what I thought they may have been doing with the Dan Bailey cut. So now we've got all this space, this cap yeah, right. We know we got to get D Law signed next year. Okay. Um, we got Zach Martin signed, so that was a big big, big D Law signed next year. Um, but you got room now to go, you know, go offer a contract like Earl Thomas wanted. I would feel. I think anybody would feel a lot better about having Earl Thomas roaming around back there, oh, and that he wants to be here. I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens after these next few weeks. So they,
0: but the Seahawks said no, right? I mean, they they tried the second. They said no, and so you're just suggesting that they'd have right, to they'd right. have to beef it up a little bit.
1: That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, you know, it sounds. And I thought before, like. Okay well they're not really having conversations anymore, but apparently they they were, so maybe they still are. Um, at this point, you're just looking to get through the weekend and then see what happens after that.
0: So, so of if you look at the Cowboys' defense as a group, right? You got you got your defensive line, you have your pass rusher, pass rushers, and then behind them the linebackers, and then the secondary with the corners and the safeties. Would you say the safeties are probably the the biggest question mark or our weakest our weakest unit uh, on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, I think that's easily the biggest the biggest question mark because front seven, man, front seven, I'm. I'm excited about them. Um, not to mention, you get David Irving back uh, four weeks into the season. Hopefully, if he doesn't do something else, um, but get him back. Uh, you got a, you got Demarcus. I'm really excited about Randy Gregory and what yes. he's going to look like. You know, I'm picturing those two coming off the edge, D. Law and, and Randy Gregory for. You know, one of the first times that we've seen. I think, man, that's going to be fun. I and mean, he's sliding down, Tyrone Crawford into the uh, um, maybe into the the middle where he's playing some D tackle. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think the front seven we are deep at linebacker like we need to be, especially since we've had injuries there. Um, so I think I think that's going to be good. Our corners look good. Moving Byron Jones from safety to to uh, corner. Uh, seems like that's been a real natural, easy, good transition. And then all you left is, you know, you left with the safeties, and, and um, you were always pretty, pretty solid about Jeff Heath. Um, and you know, Jeff Heath is an athlete. He's one of the uh, one of the fastest guys on the team. I don't think people realize that yeah. about him. But he's he's an athlete. Yeah, ask, and ask Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, he just seemed to, to keep getting better. Um, but then after that, you know, were, were, you, uh, were you confident about Xavier Woods? Um, you hoped. You hoped you could be. Um, and then he gets hurt. And so then you've got these, you know, this, these undrafted rookies, um, these late round draft picks, no real free agents. You've got Kayvon Frazier being mixed in there, but he missed a lot of Uh, Training camp, um, uh, being injured at the very beginning. uh, Even though I like Davon Frazier, Um, so just question marks, question marks there. One, Earl Thomas would really answer a lot of those questions if he had him back there. Not not just for the safeties, I think. I think for the entire defense.
0: Definitely, man. I think. I think personally. I mean, last year the, the cornerback situation was. Really surprising, but pleasantly surprising, seeing all those young guys perform at a high level with with Jordan Lewis, Lewis and then Halusié coming on strong there at the end, and obviously with, with Brown, he's been there and done that. But but this year, man, I'm really really excited as well as optimistic for our linebacking core because obviously Sean oh, yeah. Sean Lee's as good as it gets when healthy, and I'm just you know hoping and praying he can have a 16 game season, and then obviously with with mm-hmm. Jalen Smith who should have been a top 5 pick yeah. 2 years ago. You know, they're saying that he's yeah. progressing all the time. And then on top of that, you know, right. look at our first rounder this year with Vander Esch. And we, I mean, we got those yeah. three guys. Now come on, let's stop the run uh-huh. now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, those guys are we well, you, you can get pretty excited about the linebacker group. And then the you know, then the two guys they brought in just off the street, uh, Joe Thomas and and um, and the other guys from the Saints, I think, um, that, you know, that'll be a big part of special teams, solidifying that. Um, and you bring bringing back Damian Wilson, who played a lot of strong side uh, last year. And, and then the Covington kid that you drafted. And so, boy, they're, they're as deep at linebacker as I've seen them in a long time. And if, you know, and if Leighton Van Esch is, is even just... Uh, a shade. I know they they make comparisons because of his length and his height and his um, his speed, not to to Erlacher, But if he, he's just uh, he's just a poor man's version of that, you know, we'll be elated because um, we saw how good he was.
0: Yeah. So, a Matt. So, schematically. Are those three going to be on the field at the same time, looking like, you know, a Mike Sam and Will kind of thing, or is there going to be more of a rotation with Thomas? How is, how is it going to start on Sunday?
1: I think, um, you know, I think Sunday, you know, if they're trotting out the first group out there, I think you'll see Jalen in the middle. Uh, you see um, Sean Lee on the weak side. And then you probably see Damian Wilson um, on okay. the strong side. Right. Right. Um, and um, and then you know what they want to do is kind of uh, is kind of rotate those guys in, keep them fresh. I mean, obviously, I don't think you take Sean Lee off the field, but especially in those nickel situations, maybe you know maybe having a few series with Jalen, having a few series with uh, Leighton Vander Esch, and so those are you know those three um, uh, are going to be your primary guys, and and uh, boy the. The more they can stay fresh on the field, healthy, play fast, um, that's going to be good for the defense.
0: So, so many things that we're just excited to check out on Sunday that that are going to be new, that are yeah. going to be fresh, that, that aren't the same, that aren't the same, <laughs> same Dallas Cowboys, man. It's it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, transitioning for for a oh, second, yeah. Matt. Look, I'm looking at our schedule, and I've been looking at it. How, how are you reading this thing? Because I, I, see some, I see some tough hills in it. I see some easy windows. But then again, there's always so much fluctuation, and it's always hard to tell. How, how are you looking at this schedule uh, as of right now?
1: Yeah, I'm horrible at this, man. i um, such a cowboy's home that, like, every time I look at the schedule every year, I think, Oh, he's just... We just beat everybody. Sixteen and 0, every year. Yeah. Even back in those five and eleven years, I thought, Oh yeah, we, we could we could get a ten 12, 13 games here this season <laughs> and just <laughs> three straight, five <laughs> eleven. Yeah. Oh. But I, I yeah, um I, I mean obviously you got some you got some tough stretches. Number one, I mean when's the last time we have started the season? On the road. That's been a while.
0: Yeah,
1: no kidding. Um, I mean, it's always been, seems like it's always been at home. Um against the Giants. Right. <laughs> and so they see, uh, I I so, think I
0: think what that was, Matt, is they said, Hey, all right, NFL opening week, right? The Eagles won the Super Bowl, they have to yeah. play the first game, and who do we want to play them against? They're like, We wanted them to play against the team that last represented the NFC in a Super Bowl. And so I think what happened is what yeah. we got the other NFC South team, right? And then yeah, and then yeah. they said we'll push the that's Giants right. to week two. So I think that's all that's what happened yeah. there.
1: Yeah, so there, um, you know, there's some I think some tough spots in the schedule, like you know, playing the Jags, uh, then you know, then at the Redskins, I think that's gonna really be tough. At the Eagles, at the Falcons, then playing the Redskins, then the Saints, then the Eagles again. That's really that seems like a tough stretch there. But and I look at I look at the schedule, and I just there's there's really not a team on here I think. Oh yeah, we 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 don't have a chance against them. I just think we. I
0: just think we beat everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 10 10 through 15. Weeks 10 through 15 is pretty scary overall. Yeah. If we're going to. I mean, the Redskins are are never easy, I guess. But, I mean, that's the one team you look at there. Because you just named most of them. But Eagles, Falcons, Redskins, Saints, Eagles, Colts. Colts might be effective this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the Colts, yeah. So it's. You know, it's going to be part that are really tough, especially on the back end. Um, it seems like man, I think we're... if we can stay healthy, of course I, I, I bet that's every NFL teams, I'm um, um, saying that if you know if you can stay healthy, I mean there's there's nobody on there that we can't compete with, nobody on there that we can't beat. Uh, I think I I think the Seahawks
0: drop this year, that's week three. I don't think they're going to be as scary. Uh, the Texans, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know with the Texans. Some yeah. people are super high up on them, <laughs> which, you'll, right. which makes me hesitant right. on them.
1: But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So Yeah, so, boy. Go uh, ahead. I mean, uh, you know, speaking of the Seahawks, what if our greatest free agent acquisition this year was Chris Richard? Oh, from wow. The yeah. Uh, you know, DB coach and passing game coordinator, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, because who knows how long Rob Marinelli has left, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chris Richard is our next, next, uh, defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, but it sounds like he has already made a huge impact on the team, um, with his energy and just being out there with the guys all the time, you know, taking part in drills, all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, you know, John with the offense. Uh, I think he's going to have a real positive impact uh, on the team, especially the defense. I think those guys are just going to run through walls for him.
0: Oh, that's that's really cool to hear. You heard, you heard it there first, folks, from Matt Clark, next defensive coordinator right there. You got it there. <laughs> All right, Matty, hey, The last, the last question I want, I want to ask you, and it's probably a difficult one, but if you had, to, if you had the ballpark, it right. What, what's the record going to be for the Dallas Cowboys this year after, after we looked at this schedule?
1: Okay. Well, if I'm, if I'm backing off, sixteen and zero. Yeah, yeah. Just p- pump it a little <laughs> bit, is, just a little bit. Yeah. Which is hard for me to do. Um, I can see us. You know, I can see. It seems like every year that. You know when your division is tough, especially the NFC east and and they're always tight games and close games. So I could see, uh, and if we went um, if we went ten and six, I'd be I'd be really happy with that. Um, but I really I really think that that eleven and five, twelve, and four wouldn't be out of the question. Uh, I know that's really optimistic, but um, I don't know. Just you know, if we can make it through, if we can make it through the, you know, that um, really that back end uh, towards the back end uh, of our schedule, and and who knows what teams are going to look like by then? That's always hard to finish. You know, the, somebody goes down, elite lead quarterback goes down, all of a sudden that's a that's a lot of different game. Yeah, um, but. But man, I you know I could see us winning our division, um, even with you know even with the defending champs uh, there, and um, and I could see us you know really really putting a string together, uh, especially on the you know kind of the front part to the middle part of our schedule um, that really set us up to to do something good um, on the back half. Uh, so so if we were left if we were less than ten and six. Uh, like if we were nine and seven, I'd be a little disappointed with that. If we were eight and eight, I'd be disappointed with that. Um, you know, if we had you know, if we maintained our guys and we we uh, stayed pretty healthy all through the year. I uh, if we went through something like that, well then it that'd be pretty I think that'd be pretty disappointing for lots of Cowboys fans out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the ten and six, eleven and five. I think that's a I think that's a fair point to put us could do but could do better, but I mean I could see it going yeah. better. But I think that's the I think that's the most fair uh, spot just with how our team looks right now. Hey Matt, yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, like I said, man, it was it was long overdue.
1: Heck yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely. Hey, his name is Matthew Clark. He is the preaching minister at the University Church of Christ in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So if you're ever in that area, I highly recommend you to go uh make your way out to that church and, and hear from Matt and, and meet the rest of those folks over there. Uh, and by the by the way, Matt, uh you you don't gotta you don't have to worry about cutting the sermon short this week. We got that late that late game, that two twenty five out there. Uh Mountain Standard time, so just, just do your thing this Sunday, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Have some
0: fun. All right, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Love you, man.
1: All right. Love you too, nephew. Peace. <laughs>
0: That was Matthew Clark. We were digging into the the details on the Dallas Cowboys. Super good and fun stuff there. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to be calling a game, a high school football game tonight in Roscoe, Texas. I'm going to be tweeting out the link uh, if you want to listen to that later. They're playing the Stanford Bulldogs, doing that with Tucker Brown. Super excited. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's on Apple, Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at keeg stew i really appreciate the listening i really appreciate all the subscribers i want to wish everybody a great day god bless